Welcome to the Let's Watch podcast. I'm your host, James, with my co-host, Carolyn. Hello. Uh, and on this episode, we're going to be talking exclusively, uh, pretty much, about the uh, Oscars that just happened. But first, um, Carolyn, is there any movie you want to talk about that isn't involved with the Oscars? Because if it is, then <laughs> I'm going to cut you off and we'll just go there. Um, surprisingly, I have managed to find some time for things that are not Oscar movies, though it was a big push to get in anything other than just the Best Picture nominations lately. Um, but on the weekend, I saw a movie called A Quiet Heart, which is um, an Israeli film that came out this year. And... Um, oh. Always find movies that I've never heard of. <laughs> I've subscribed to a series at TIFF called Contemporary World Cinema, which basically they bring over movies from uh, that are like current and around the world, uh, movies that you basically wouldn't have a chance of seeing otherwise. So that's why it's movies you've never heard of. Also, it's probably called something else in Israeli. Hebrew? Oh, no. Um, <laughs> in, in, in Hebrew. It's not Israeli, but okay. It's okay. Um, I clued in before it was too late. Um, anyways, so it was called A Quiet Heart. And it's basically about this um, this woman who just moved from Tel Aviv, which is kind of like a more um, modern, less conservative um, city. And she just moved to Jerusalem. And essentially... It's about how she's not Orthodox, but she lives in a very Orthodox neighborhood. So they're kind of, um, you know, kind of picking on her and sending her anonymous letters and threats and that sort of thing. But um, it's kind of interesting because it's very thrillery, but in like a realistic way. Like there's no one ever lurking in the shadows behind her door or whatever. But at the same time, she's getting these threatening letters. She's like, she's uh, trying to find sanctuary in a local monastery because she's learning how to play the pipe organ or something like that. But basically it's a really interesting thriller that tones it down and doesn't really necessarily fall to the typical thriller tropes. Okay. Hmm. Um, is it, since it's an Israeli film, is it, is it dealing with the like Israeli Palestine conflict or is it just, um, no, it's exclusively about Israel. It's pretty much exclusively about um, Israel, and and uh, I, I think it's a film that like it definitely takes place there, but it kind of transcends um, that a little bit because it talks about how there's the the very orthodox Jewish people, and then there's mm -hmm. her who's not that, but then there's also the Christians, um, and like the the monastery oh. that she goes to is uh, they're uh, Italian Christians, but basically it's kind of a story just about. Uh, well, I guess very much about religion, but also just about people having different values than you. And I think it's it's something that definitely uh, could take place in a lot of places and it could speak to people in, in a lot of places as well. Um, but it's just it just so happens that it's a, a country that is going very much through a transition time, especially in the city of Jerusalem. Um, so, well, yeah. 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 I mean, would, would you recommend it to people or is there... Um, a, a pretense, like a be like, only watch it if you're ready for blah blah blah. No, I would definitely recommend it to people. Um, I mean, obviously you have to like foreign film. It's a bit slower um, than than a lot of films. And uh, we had a guest speaker after who writes a lot about Hollywood and interviews a lot of um, actors and stuff like that. And she was saying, well, in the Hollywood version of this story, this would happen and this would happen. And um, 
it's much more of a real, a realistic telling rather than a flashy Hollywood telling. So if you don't like that style, definitely don't watch it. Um, but for other people who appreciate <laughs> a quiet story um, with some intriguing characters and, you know, like to overanalyze the film like this audience did, then it's definitely for that kind of people. Okay. That, that does, that does sound good. I'm not going to really dig in any much more because I do want to watch it. Mm. Um, and that was a quiet heart. Yes. Is there anything else you want to talk to about or talk to talk about? <laughs> I want to talk to you. Come on. No, I'll go find somebody else. Okay. <laughs> and end of recording. No, um, no, that, that was the main thing I've seen. Um, that's worth speaking to beyond the Oscar picks, obviously. Yeah. Uh, that's, for me, the same thing. Like a lot of the movies I watched were Oscar movies, cramming them in yeah, before the ceremony, so, so I could have <laughs> some form of opinion. Yeah, well, yeah, let's we'll save that. Um, there, a, a movie I watched, um, or I guess movies. I'll lump them in here together real quickly. Uh, is I watched the Cloverfield Par- Paradox, mm. um, which was that Netflix movie that they dropped after the Super Bowl because they bought it from Paramount. Right. Um, because Paramount was like, this movie's going to fail. Uh, so they bought it for 50 million bucks and then released it. And it has like a great, a great cast like Gugu Mathbara, David Oyelowo, um, Chris O'Dowd. Uh, there's a bunch of, a bunch of like recognizable people or like people who are going to be bigger and it sucks. It is, <laughs> it is, it is not great. It is bad. Um, I mean, it's like, it, I feel like it's a movie that was shot and then they, they wrapped it and studios were like, oh, this isn't good <laughs> or cloak. And then, or JJ Abrams was like, we can make it a Cloverfield movie. And they shoved, they obviously shoved in the Cloverfield tie-in, mm. but like the, even the part in space, like it starts out and it's trying to be like a, have you ever seen Event Horizon? No. Okay, so it's trying to be like weird stuff happens in space with like dimensions and stuff right. and kind of like like a horror movie. And then it like switches halfway through into like sunshine where the spaceship is blowing up and stuff. And like incredibly smart people, characters are making really dumb decisions. Um, so that's really all I want to say about <laughs> that movie is like if you want to watch it, watch it. But like you can be on your phone the whole time. It doesn't it doesn't really matter. So grab a um, beer and 20 friends and basically have it on in the background. Yeah. And laugh like the performances are really good because all the actors are very talented. Like Google Mbatha Ra. I don't know how to say her middle name. Mbatha Ra <laughs> is uh, a very talented actress. Right. Uh, and same with David Oyelowo. Like these are two powerhouses and like chris o'dowd is the best part of the movie but his character doesn't fit with the rest of the film <laughs> like he's the comic relief um which makes sense for like a, a horror like a kind of a thriller movie and then it switches into like this space disaster movie and his character's doing the same thing but everybody else has changed it's like now it's not the time dude um, <laughs> so it's a comedic guy in a space horror thriller and he's irish mm, sounds fantastic it's i mean his performance is good but it doesn't fit with the film entirely <laughs> right um but the it was directed by a uh woman um and like that it doesn't have anything to say about like the quality obviously i just think it's it's interest or was it i can't <laughs> no uh, it wasn't actually i i got that wrong it was um i directed by uh an african american uh filmmaker 
and I guess the best thing I read about it is that somebody said in a review was like, we will finally, we will finally reach true equality when every type of person other than the straight white males can make bad movies <laughs> and they're just forgotten. <laughs> yeah. Without it being career ruining. <laughs> yeah, without it being career ruining when they can make, when, when there's a point in making movies where, uh, a bad filmmaker continue like makes bad movies and they're not a white dude, mm-hmm. then we've reached true equality. Yep. Oh, um, <laughs> other than that, I watched Annihilation, uh, which we're not going to talk about because no, Carolyn's going to watch it and then we'll talk about it in the future. It's a hard movie to talk about with the spoilers, but I really liked it. What um, is the, uh, give us the log line. Oh man. <laughs> um, Natalie Portman's character has to go into a thing called the Shimmer Mm. to find her husband, Oscar Isaac. Isaacs? Isaacs. Um, I think he's plural, yeah. Oh, no, he's singular. Oscar Oscar Isaac, um, which, I mean, makes sense. Lots of people would try to find Oscar Isaac if he was lost. Yep. (laughs) Um, And that's really, there's a bunch of other, like Gina Rodriguez is in it, Tessa Thompson, Jennifer Jason Leigh. Uh, lots of very good actresses. Uh, and it's directed by Alex Garland, who is the director and writer of Ex Machina mm. and the writer of Sunshine, 28 Days Later, The Beach, um, Never Let Me Go. Uh, that, like, he's... It's it's good. It's like a movie you could talk a lot about, but that's the thing we should always say about it now. And then the other movie I watched that I also loved was Black Panther ah. because I am a Michael B. Jordan stan. There is a and lot of good people in that movie. There is a lot of good people, uh, including Chadwick Boseman, Lupita Nyong'o, Michael B. Jordan, Daniel Kaluuya, um, and then a Letitia Wright, uh, Andy Serkis, Martin Freeman, uh, Denai Garai, I'm trying to say her name, and then Winston <laughs> Duke, Forrest Whitaker. Wow. There's like Sterling K. Brown. Like it, It's like a who's who of acting and it's directed by Ryan Coogler who up did Creed and Fruitville station with Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really, really like that movie. Um, I, Carolyn, I'm assuming hasn't seen it. I have not because it's in theaters right is, now. So of course not. Yep. As is her way. <laughs> um, and I, this will be a good uh, way to get into the Oscar talk is I think at least right now, I think it should be, considering the Oscars now have 10 potentially 10 best picture nominees I think it should be nominated for best picture Mm -hmm. um, and then best director and I think Michael B. Jordan should probably be up for best supporting uh, and then maybe like it's hard with the rest of them because there's so many (laughs) and the movie really like belongs to like the women Mm -hmm. in T'Challa's life who's the Black Panther like the teacher, right? Lupita Nyong'o and Denai Garai are all incredible, and it's really hard to pick one of them because mm-hmm. they're all so good and so different and so defined as characters. Right. Um, so it's interesting that you say that you expect some noms coming out of it because, from what I've heard, um, I mean, obviously, I, I'm speaking completely, <laughs> making making these opinions <laughs> up because I have not seen it. But um, from what I've been hearing about it it's very hard to find articles that actually tell you if the film is good or bad. I'm finding a ton of articles that are saying how important the film is. And from what I know of it, I completely agree with that. Um, I think it's important Mm -hmm. the same way Wonder Woman was important and that sort of thing. But 
it's better than Wonder Woman. Oh, like it's not even close. <laughs> it's um, but it's weird because I never, yeah, I can't find articles that actually say like, this is a really good movie. They just say this is a really important movie. So it's good to hear that you're saying it's actually a quality film. Is it a quality film or a quality superhero film? Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is a, that's, it's, it's a, I think it's a very good movie. I don't think it's great because I do have issues with it, but I do also think like when, when we get into talking about the nominees for this year's Oscars, like a lot of them are very good, not great. Mm-hmm. So like that doesn't mean anything. I think it's pr- probably, and keep in mind, I've watched most of the Marvel movies once and then never watched them again. Um, it's probably the best Marvel movie they've ever done, at least from like a plot and story point. Cause it's very much just an individual thing. Right. Like it doesn't really rely or even talk about the like the rest of the Marvel universe. It's like nope. It's about Wakanda and it's about T'Challa and it's about these people. Mm-hmm. And it's that it's like saying like a lot um, that I don't want to spoil for you or for people who haven't seen the movie. One of like the few because yeah. everybody has seen it. Um, and like the performances are great, the direction's great, like the script is great, the, like cinematography, who, which was done by Rachel Morrison, who was just nominated for one bound, Budbound, the first female to be nominated as a cinematographer ever, uh, ever. Only took ninety years. Yeah, way to go, ladies. <laughs> so it's a pretty looking movie then. It's beautiful. Um, I do have issues with the CG. I think it kind of lets the movie down because it's not very good mm-hmm. in parts, but. It's also like it, it has it gives time, which a, which was like a major issue I had with Wonder Woman. Right, is in the first act in Wonder Woman, it gave the it gave time for those quiet moments. Mm-hmm. And Black Panther throughout the entire movie gives time for those quiet moments. Oh, that's good because that's what Wonder Woman fell victim to partway through the film, especially the third yeah, and act. Then, <laughs> yeah, and like this isn't really a spoiler, but the movie doesn't end with like two super pow- superhero or super powered gods throwing shit at each other like it certainly has its big climactic fight but Mm -hmm. it is more than just the hero and the villain like there's a lot going on yeah well it seems so there's many characters in this film yeah and they're like all like they all get character development and they're all um important to the story if they're not just there for future movies Mm -hmm. um i think like the the character who's given like the least to do is is T'Challa, and he's like the main. He's supposed to be the main character of this movie, but everybody else is like this is their movie because he already got introduced in a previous one. So we already know we've already been introduced to him. So you don't need to spend time on that. Really, we need to. You need to spend time on everything else. Which film was uh, he? And in Michael B. Jordan. Uh, Civil War. Oh, of course. Yes. It's that's like. What happens in Civil War is a bomb goes off at the United Nations and it kills his father. And that's like the inciting incident for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael B. Jordan, who plays Eric Killmonger, is just incredible. He's the best villain they've ever had. Like, it's not even close. And he has like, cool hair. A, he has a fucking God, that hair is great. <laughs> um, but uh there's we'll talk about it more when you've seen it because there's a lot I, I like to say about that character. But they actually... He has a he has a point and he has a side that is very well established and it is like 
it makes it makes you think in the theater of being like, well, who's actually right here? Like, there's a lot of viewpoints. Yeah, that is important for the current climate, let's say. <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, because then it's not just good versus evil, which always makes for a more dynamic story when it's done correctly. Yeah. And like, I guess the last thing I'll say before we move into the Oscars is that if you haven't seen it, you should go see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is very much like Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan are doing like a De Niro Scorsese thing mm. where they're like working together in, early in their careers. And I'm like very excited to see where their partnership goes. Cause I legitimately think, I mean, Michael B. Jordan, everybody's going to love him forever. Cause I mean, look at that guy. Uh, but like Ryan Coogler is like a very exciting filmmaker for what he could make outside of big studio movies. Cause if he can do them well, what can he do with something that's all his own? Yeah, I'm looking and it says that um, the two of them have another project in development right now um, called Wrong Answer, which uh, yeah, it's, should be cool. Michael B. Jordan plays a teacher, mm-hmm. uh, which if I ever see a teacher that looks like Michael B. Jordan. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but let, like moving on to, I guess we should move on to the Oscars. Might as well. That movie will at least be in the discussion mm-hmm. for next year. It should be at least be discussed. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like it's earned that because it's made the most, it's going to make the most money this year. Which is remarkable because um, it's only March. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it, it, that's incredible. Do you want to start at the top or do you want to start at the bottom for the awards? Like, do we just want to start at the best picture or you want to start at screenplay and work our way up? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> hmm. Let's screenplay. Yeah, let's start let's with screenplay. screenplay. But, um, uh, well, First, I guess for just a little bit of um, an intro to the to the Oscars this year, um, it was there was a couple exciting exciting things. Um, so as you mentioned, there was the first female cinematographer ever. Um, congratulations, mm-hmm. lady! There was also <laughs> oh, no. she didn't win. No, she did not. But um, but the fact that that movie was uh, in it in so many categories was exciting in itself. Um, it looks like an interesting film too. Uh, but anyhow, other topic. <laughs> uh, but there was also the fifth uh, African American and the fifth woman ever to be nominated for Best Director. Um, so that is a very exciting thing. And once again, why is it taking so long? But I guess that's yep. It, progress is slow. But there's progress, so I guess that's we can't complain about that. No, yeah. but it is hopefully. <laughs> It won't be another eight years or another 10 years until the next female director because Billy Gablo was in 2008, right? And now. Yeah, yeah I believe so. Or no, she was in 2010. She was nominated for Zero Dark 30, I think. No, right? um, she. It was nominated for Best Picture for sure. What? Do you say Catherine Bigelow? What she won for was The Hurt Locker. So whatever year that yeah, was. Yeah, but she. Zero Dark Thirty was also nominated for awards, which was after it, and oh, she also right, directed right. it. I just don't think she was up for director, but I guess, yeah, it's been eight years since a female director, female directed movie has been nominated for Best Picture, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> or no, not, no, or Best Director then, yeah, sorry. She was nominated for Zero Dark Thirty, I just checked. So it has been director. There's been, I think, Ava DuVernay for Selma, like a couple years ago, was nominated for Best Picture, but not for the main one. I do find it interesting. getting sidetracked. I find it interesting when um, films that are nominated for best feature are not nominated for best director. Um, well, there's ten spots and five spots. That is true, but sometimes ones win. Uh, I guess like this year, <laughs> when uh, when the, or no, not like this year, um, like normal years, 
when the best director and the best picture are different, uh, which is always, always kind of interesting. I thought that's what it was going to be uh, like the new normal. Cause that had happened like four out of the previous five, mm-hmm. but this year was like a difference, but I bet you that's what it's going to be like in the future. Yeah. We can get to why we think that is when we reach those categories. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about, about the Oscars? Um, the big things that you want to mention? No, that's a, that's a good introduction. We can hit the, uh, the categories and then we can talk about the best and worst parts and our disappointments and excitements. <laughs> Yeah. Um, this. Yeah. Well, we'll start with the best adapted screenplay, mm-hmm. which uh, was won by "Call Me by Your Name," uh, which was written by James Ivory. The other ones that were nominated were "The Disaster Artist," um, that James Franco movie about the room, Logan, <laughs> the superhero movie, Molly's Game, Aaron Sorkin's gambling movie, and Mudbound. It's a very diverse category. Which is, yeah, which is that Netflix movie, um, which uh, I've seen, and it's about a, a, like, shortly after, it's about just after World War II uh, Mississippi with a white family and a black family living as neighbors and, the, I guess, one be working on the other's farm and their relationship, which is the movie that Rachel Morrison filmed that got her nominated for Best Cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting thing um, about Mudbound too. It was directed by a woman, and uh, she made an active effort to have female heads of most of the departments. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so female head of cinematography, um, hair and makeup, costuming. Um, I think the assistant director was also a female. So uh, definitely looking for some some representation and diversity in the crew, and I think that's what made it uh, made it really interesting. And it's and it's good that this movie was kind of honored. Um, with the nominations this year. Yeah. And I think like, I, you haven't seen this one, right? No, I haven't. No, I have. And I have more to say about it in like the supporting actor and actresses categories. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like, I don't like I, I, the script is well done. It's like a long, it's a big, long movie. Um, I don't obviously call me your name is the right choice here. Like that's what I would have picked. Yeah, me too. That is what I picked. Uh, <laughs> like I, I, I guess we should run down. I've seen all of them except Molly's Game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Carolyn, you've seen <laughs> which ones? <laughs> um, I've seen uh, Call Me By Your Name. No, I think that's it. What else was okay. there in the category? <laughs> the Disaster Artist, Logan, Molly's Game, and Mudbound. Yep. I've seen, uh, I've seen <laughs> Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> Carolyn. Uh, okay, well, this is probably the only time we get to talk about Call You By Your Name. Probably, yeah, it, in the next couple categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think about that movie? It's interesting because as I was watching it, um, I don't know, everyone says this about it, that it you know felt very real with this relationship, blah, blah, blah. I've never been a teenage boy, so I can't speak to it myself. But um, what? <laughs> surprise! But uh, but no, I did, I did find it really interesting the way the relationship developed, um, especially because it was – it was awkward. It was not self-confident, but there were moments of, of confidence and, um, and that sort of thing. It, it, I don't know. It felt very real. I think Army Hammer did an incredible job. Um, I think the script, the yes. script kind of wandered in weird places, but I think the last 20 minutes of the movie made it changed my entire opinion about the movie. Um, cause I wasn't really sure how I felt about it until then. And then the last 20 minutes, I don't know why, but it suddenly just really, it, it really just wrapped it up nicely. Well, it's like a lot of the important stuff happens in the last 20 mm-hmm. minutes, right? Like it spends a lot of time 
taking its time to get where it wants to go. Um, Which I guess we should like a spoiler alert for all of these movies. (laughs) Um, Because they've been out for like most of them a year or like for like at least three or four months now. Yeah. Um, So we should spoil them. But like it it takes like, I think it's it's over an hour before Elio and Oliver even start really liking each other or like acknowledging that they are there's an attraction yeah they kind of just coexist before that yeah and like in the in his parents and everything and i do think like a lot of it is the script because like the character's dialogue is very um natural Mm -hmm. and it takes place like mostly in italian and french and english so like it jumps all over the place they switch in and out of languages like incredibly (laughs) They do, yeah, and like I think that mostly rests on Timothy mm-hmm. Chalamet's um, performance, which is as lo- as well as Army Hammer. They're both incredible in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like I guess we could talk about m- that more in the a- when we get to the a- when we talk about the acting mm-hmm. stuff for movies because like, that's what we've seen. But like, and James Ivory was like eighty nine, and he's like one of the be- greatest living screenwriters and playwrights in the world. So. It's great that he got his Oscar for a movie that actually deserved it too. Yeah, and from what I've heard from people who've read the book that it was adapted from, um, I know people they love the book and they also loved the movie, so they appreciated that the uh, the film was such a good representation of the book, even though apparently the ending is completely different. Oh, mm-hmm. really? I don't know how it's different because oh, okay. I haven't read the book, but <laughs> but it is. <laughs> Um, and they make a scene where Elio fucks a peach and it's not weird. <laughs> no, it feels very, uh, teenage boy. Um, and, uh, all right. I would not say no, very, no, no, I mean boy. his reaction to it. Um, like, you know, he does this in the, oh. in the privacy of his own room. And then, uh, later on <laughs> Oliver finds out and Elio's kind of like, kind of ashamed about it. And, and, you know, he's very embarrassed for a number of reasons um, but then you kind of have Oliver, who is the the other side of this relationship and the other side of that, you know, puberty line. And he's sitting there being like, this isn't really anything to be ashamed of. You're a human. You're a boy, you know? Yeah. And like, and yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful movie and Italy looks fucking it gorgeous. It does. So. And those French girls, damn. Well, Italian girls. They were speaking French okay. half the time, were they um, not? <laughs> they were speaking Italian. I clearly only speak English. I so. believe it was him and his him and his mother and his father. They spoke French, ah. but I'm pretty sure the uh, his friends were speaking Italian. In, Italy. They were in Italy, I was wondering why that uh, why that didn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> uh, moving on to I, a harder category mm-hmm. uh, to pick on best original screenplay, which was won by Get Out, uh, which was written by Jordan Peele. The Big Sick, um, which is Emily V. Gordon, Camille and Johnny's. Um, semi-autobiographical movie Lady Bird uh, with by Greta Gerwig, Shape of Water by Guillermo, Mm -hmm. and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri by Martin McDonough. Uh, I'm just going to say this right away is I think Get Out deserved to win and was the rightful choice for this category, even though it's like (laughs) a fucking bloodbath. (laughs) I I would definitely agree with that. I thought... Um, when uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri had all of its steam, which it lost, which we'll get to um, when we talk Best Picture. But I thought that if that were to win Best Picture, then it would also win um, Best Screenplay, which 
is often the case. Whatever wins Best Picture usually wins Best Screenplay. But I love that people voted Get Out for this category but it, because I think it gives yes. it's it gives the honors that this movie deserves. And I think people wanted Get Out to win for something because it deserves to win for something. It was a very, very unique screenplay. I think Jordan Peele did it fantastically. Um, and I think that n- no one else could have told this story in such a way that he, that he did. No, that's true. Like, this is a movie that is very fr- differently from him. But, like, it was more than just the script, which was, like, incredible, is that there – and you've seen the movie. It's, like, during the scene when Daniel Kaluuya is talking to Allison Williams mm-hmm. about – like, he's telling her about um, his mother. Uh, in the original script, it she was the one that was trying to make him to stay, like – and Jordan Peele realized as they were filming, filming it, he was like, that doesn't work. Cause that's like, like will like tip off the audience to her, like to the, what the future with her character. Right. So he changed it. So it was more like, then he would come to the realization on himself. So it wouldn't do that. So it's like, and he, and like, he noticed that. And like, I think that also goes along with the script is like the, I don't know <laughs> most any directors really that would realize that during film be like, no, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this doesn't work for what I want to make, um, which I think really is the reason why this movie works. Cause it is like a little like puzzle box almost. It's like the more you watch it, the more hints yeah. you get and the more you pick up on stuff. Whereas like the other movies that I've seen, which is like the only one I haven't seen is the big mm-hmm. sick, but I love lady bird. It's, <laughs> it's like maybe my second favorite movie. Oh, of the it's year. so good. It's so funny. Um, it's, it's so good and it's just it's i have like a lot to say about just praise about that movie and like i think the shape of water is like a very good movie i think the script's probably the weakest part of that movie mm-hmm. though i would agree if i'm being honest it uh, it was the most uh, contrived I, I would say of those like it was the most obvious plot line it's a romeo and juliet story which is fine but all of the other ones you're right they had the surprises um, which is really interesting, especially Get Out. It was the most surprising. And even when, even if you, once you figured out what direction it was going, there was those little hints that were dropped that, uh, that made it so delightful. Yeah. And I'm assuming like, yeah, like the thing, it, I think this says it in the script, but you've only seen it once, yeah. right? So there's a scene in the movie where they hit a deer on the way to her parents' mm-hmm. place. Uh, and Daniel Kalia gets out to check on the deer. And then she comes over and not yells at him, but like yells to him uh, to be like, hey, uh, what's going on, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that scene shows, if you, like I didn't notice till this, this, the second time we picked it up, is that she's not reacting to the deer. So it shows he has no empathy. Right. Interesting. So And he's reacting to the deer because he feels bad, yeah. right? But she, she isn't. So she's just like, whatever. Um, and then like obviously not letting the cops see his ID so they don't know mm-hmm. he's there. Like stuff like that. Whereas in, in when you watch it the first time, you should be like, oh, she's totally on his side because he's racially profiling <laughs> for no reason. Um, it's stuff like that that makes Get Out such an incredible movie. Whereas other movies that don't do that mm-hmm. stuff. Other movies that are like this don't do that. And that's why it's it's really exciting to like as a like a who knew that Jordan Peele <laughs> would be like the, one of the most exciting screenwriters Let's, do you want to talk about supporting actor or actress first? Uh, 
either one. I guess let's go for actor first because that's what was first in the Academy Awards. True. Uh, and that was won by Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, Willem Dafoe was nominated for The Florida Project, which I have not seen. Woody Harrelson was also nominated for Three Billboards. Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water. And Christopher Plummer for All the Money in the World, which I also haven't seen. Mm-hmm. What about you, Dunk? Um, I've seen uh, Three Billboards and Shape of Water. Of those ones. <laughs> um, I don't really, I wasn't like super concerned about missing all the money in the world. Cause that seems like a token nomination for crystal plumber. Cause you replaced Spacey, which yeah. is the right thing to do. And yeah. it was like, thanks for doing that. That's a good thing. Everybody should do this. Uh, now I think Sam Rockwell's performance, I guess this is where we'll get into like the three billboards stuff. Cause I wasn't that big of a fan of that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Sam Rockwell was good in it, but his character was not. And I don't think he should have won for this. I actually don't think the person, the person I would have picked isn't even nominated, but. um, Who would you have picked for it? uh, There's a, a, Rob Rob Parker, I believe is his name, and he's in Mudbound. uh, And he plays Mary Jane Blige's husband, Jade Blige's husband. Mm. And. I just, he's the best part of Mudbound by a fucking mile. Like, I just don't understand how the people who watch that movie are like, let's not nominate Mary J. Blige. And they like see her husband. I just don't understand how they're not like that guy. Like, who is famous. that guy? <laughs> and she's the singer yeah. uh, acting. Like, she's fine, but he is like incredible in the movie. Like, it's like he shows up in the, in this, in like the first two minutes of the movie and you're like, who is that guy? Like, <laughs> that is, and he's, he's the act. People recognize him because he's in like a bunch of the Marvel shows as like the low level criminal that crosses over into everyone called right. Turk, I believe. Uh, and that's where I recognize him. But he is just unbelievable in my bone. And that's why I would have picked. Like, I think obviously I love Sam Rockwell as an actor. I just wish he didn't win for this movie as my main thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. But he's he's great. Like, yeah, Sam Rockwell is he, always good. Yeah, he's very good in this in this film. Um, but you're right. His character's a bit of, well, he's a bigot. Um, <laughs> I think Sam that, Rockwell that, did not. well at the character, but, um, but I don't know that it's necessarily a hard, hard character to play. I was just surprised that like it, it wasn't even surprising that he won, you know? Um, Cause from what I heard, Willem Dafoe was incredible in the Florida project. And for once he didn't play a creep, which is rare for him. Um, yeah, I really, really want to see that movie. I just didn't have time to get it in. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't nominated for Best Picture, so it instantly was not first priority. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, yeah, like I, I want to be like my problem with Sam Rockwell's character isn't that he's playing a bigot. Like I'm, mm-hmm. people can play bigots. I just don't think that's particularly like stretching him mm-hmm. as an actor. I actually thought Woody Harrelson was better in the movie. Oh, Woody Harrelson um, was really good in this film. He was really, he was really good. I guess. What's your opinion on Three Billboards? Um, I really enjoyed the movie. I know it okay. lost. Uh, <laughs> I, know, I know it lost some steam um, in in the awards season, and I think it's because um, I don't know. I think everyone's initial reaction to it was they were very excited about it, um, and then mm-hmm. slowly, I think it well, was a very uh, divisive film. Uh, I guess. And, um, but I really, I think my favorite part of the movie was the relationship between Woody Harrelson and Francis McDormand's characters. Uh, I think they had 
a very interesting and very complicated relationship. Um, and I think that is a testament to both of their acting skills. So, um, yeah, so I, I, if, if it were to be someone from that film, I would have preferred Woody Harrelson for sure. Yeah. Um, and like, I, yeah, I, like I, that's what I would say too, but I like Woody's going to get nominated for something else in the future and win. like, that's yeah. going to happen. Um, and like, again, like none of these people are at their best in this movie. And I, mm-hmm. I guess here it's like, I really like, I'll just explain how I like what I thought about this movie is like, I really liked it when I first saw it, but the further and further away I got from it, I, like, I soured more on it, mm. like more and more. Um, and I, it was mainly around the point that like, who are these people? Like, it just never felt like a real place to me. Um, that is true. It, it felt like a very, um, it was an exciting film, but you're right. This is not a this is not a real story in a real place, and it's there was never it never felt real. No, yeah, like that's and like as I thought about it more and more, and it just felt which it is an outsider's view on America, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that Sam Rockwell's character is a, a racist cop, and they have black people in the movie, mm-hmm. but they don't really get any lines or anything like. What really, like, I guess when I noticed it afterwards is that Frances McDormand's character says her best friend is her boss at the gift shop who is a black woman who gets put mm-hmm. in jail because of her actions and she doesn't have a line in the movie. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I feel like that character or that person, like, does, like and character in the movie earned at least something for them yeah. to, to, do, to do or say. Um, well, what's hard is it was a film that dealt a lot with um, like it, it talked about race an awful lot, but it didn't actually deal with it. Like there was that, yeah, her best friend at the gift shop. Um, it, uh, what's his face? Sam Rockwell's character has like kind of tortured a black man in jail at some point, And none of this was actually dealt with, or <laughs> these characters were never actually given any agency of their own. It was, uh, yeah. you know, typical Hollywood, a whole lot of white people talking a lot about a lot of issues that are not their own. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think the movie would have been better if, like, it also, it's like, it, I think the movie is trying, or at least I read the movie, was trying to argue that a person like that deserves to be redeemed, and I don't think he does. Mm-hmm. It's, like, I guess my main disconnect. And, like, there's, I have more issues with the movie. Like, I think France, Frances is incredible, but she's just, I felt, I found her very, like, one note, except for that mm-hmm. one scene with Woody Harrelson, which is my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, where uh, where he coughs on her face. Yeah, because then they both change. Like, there's an actual yeah. like character change, um, and like by no means, I don't think Three Billboards is terrible. I just think it's fine. I just mm-hmm. don't think it should be in the Oscars. Is my main. Like, I don't want it to seem like I like hate this movie because I don't. I just, I it's not like Crash, where like wow, this movie is <laughs> a white guy telling white people how they should treat other other minorities without actually involving the minorities mm-hmm. uh so like it, it yeah it, it just don't have a bunch of passion about the movie i i guess i think the um yeah no oh i think i think one of the issues that uh, that the movie did struggle from is the actors were very good at what they were given but mm-hmm. um none of it ever felt like a stretch because all three of the main roles, uh, Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell, and Frances McDormand, all of the roles were written for them. 
Um, so the mm-hmm. director, who was also the writer, knew exactly what he wanted to see in his mind. And that's exactly what he put on the screen. But nothing was ever a stretch. He based all their characters off of characters that he'd seen from them before. So that's why nothing was really a surprise. Yeah. And, like, I think, obviously, uh, people can argue, like, it's good that, uh, like, there's a, a woman who is angry at the center of this movie. And she just is out for vengeance or revenge, mm-hmm. which is very appropriate for the current climate in Hollywood. Yes. Um, and Frances is incredible. Like she's always good. I just, yeah, I just wish there was more, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. I, I, uh, like if people like the movie, like I can't say you don't, I just, yeah, it lost me in a bit, but I guess we should move on to best supporting actress. Um, <laughs> sure. Um, give me one more second. I'm going to get some water. You uh, entertain the crowd. Okay. Goodbye. Uh, best supporting actress was Allison Janney for I Tonya, which she won. Uh, Mary J. Blige for Mudbound, Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread, which neither of us have seen, Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird, uh, and Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. I have returned. Okay. I already uh, read down the nominees and who won. Um, Carolyn, which ones of these have you seen? Um, or haven't I seen? I have seen Lady Bird and Shape of Water. Okay. Uh, I think we're, I'm, I'm going to guess we're both in agreement that Laurie Metcalf should have won this award. Um, I haven't seen I, Tanya, so I can't fully comment on that, but I can say that, Lady Bird, there would have been no Lady Bird if there wasn't for Laurie Metcalf because it's all based on the relationship between the mother and the daughter. And to have that, you need a mother and you need a mother who is good and believable and everything that is lovable and hateable about a mother. I think Laurie Metcalf did do that. Yes. And has flaws, like mm-hmm. isn't a perfect mom. Uh, I have seen I, Tanya, and it's a fucking robbery that Allison <laughs> Janney won this award over Laurie Metcalf. Cause like, I don't even think she's that good in that movie. Like I have a lot of issues with I Tanya, which I guess now is the best place to say it. Cause it's not really up for anything else other than Margot Robbie. Mm-hmm. Um, Allison Janney's not in the movie a lot. Like it's an actual supporting performance where you could argue that Laurie Metcalf is kind of like the co-lead in that movie. Yeah, like it is very they much. Didn't want to split the votes with that. <laughs> yeah, it's very much Sersh's story, mm-hmm. but it is Laurie Metcalf is just as it's like their relationship is the story. Yeah, definitely. And by the way, they're both incredible <laughs> in that movie. Yes. Um, and I haven't seen Phantom Thread. Like, I'm sure it's good because it's a Paul Thomas Sanders movie, but whatever. But my main <laughs> issue with I Tanya is is it about it's about Tanya Harding, who right. people don't know may or may not have arranged for her biggest competitor in the States to get her knee bashed before the Olympics and the trials. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like her upbringing was terrible because she just went from like abusive relationship to abusive relationship. Like her mother sucks. Yeah. That's who Alice and Jenny plays. But I like, and they show her as terrible, but like there's no actual, the character doesn't actually address anything. Like 
Tanya Hart, like Margot Robbie doesn't address it. She's just like, my mom kind of sucks. And then like they have a falling out and then she's gone for the movie for the most part. And then she goes and marries this guy who ends up being involved and goes to jail. Well, he was the the knee breaker, wasn't he? No, he like hired the people who did it essentially. Uh, And they kind of played their relationship where he beats the shit out of her a lot for like comedy and I was like, that's not funny, though. It's like, it's like, it's a comedy, but he also hits her. And it's like a weird, and they don't pull off that tone properly. Mm, interesting. Sebastian Stan, who's good, plays him like as an aw shucks guy. And I'm not that terrible. Right. Um, and I never hit her. But then the movie shows him hitting her all the time. So it's like, you have to address that. And they don't. Uh, is my main thing and I just don't think Janny's just being if you've seen any other movie where Alison Janney's in where she's kind of being snarky and mean like mm-hmm. that's what she's doing here except with a bird on her shoulder right it's interesting because from what I've uh, from what I've read about all the actors like this is a pretty it's a pretty strong category I think there's a lot of really good um, really good supporting actresses but uh, but people think that Alison Janney got it because it was the most showy so it was clearly the most like noticeable in that sense. Whereas the other ones, I would say Laurie Metcalf almost fell victim to being too real, to hitting too close to home for everyone. Uh, which she's is not, not fair. <laughs> yeah. That's not fair at all. And she's not that widely owned. Like I, if, if I, I, I don't think Allison Janney, Mary J. Blige or Octavia Spencer should be really nominated. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't think they're doing anything like that. Like, I don't understand how Octavia Spencer's here really. Cause her character is like, not really that She's not in it that much. And like, I enjoyed her for what she was, but I mean, she's, she's a sidekick and that is all, you know? Yeah. There's there's no, like, she's good as that, but there's no actual like character change or anything. She's just like playing like this one note thing the whole time. Mm -hmm. And the only, the one scene I would say that, that I really, really enjoyed from her was the one where she's like telling off her husband um, and mm-hmm. of course, that's the one scene they use as the the clip for best supporting actress. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't a long sle- scene, and like I loved it, and I was you know cheering for her when she did that. But um, but that does not a nomination make. No, and like I like I love Octavia Spencer, but I just don't think her this year wasn't her year when there was like a bunch of other movies that had interesting performances that they could have recognized. Uh, and the same kind of goes for Mary J. Blige and for Allison Janney. Like I, I, I just really want Laurie Metcalf. I wanted Laurie Metcalf <laughs> to win this award because that scene in the car when she's driving at the end of the movie is like maybe the best acting I saw all year. Yeah. Oh, it was outstanding. Yeah. She she was outstanding it, that whole movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's just I can't I can't say it enough. I just like want to scream it in the sky. What's disappointing though is with that win, I wasn't surprised. So I wouldn't say it was one of the biggest surprises of the night at all because Alice and Jenny was winning from all of the award ceremonies. So yeah, d- I don't know who, who decide- I don't know who's deciding these. <laughs> Where it's like who decide who like anointed Alice and Jenny as this is her year to win everything. Mm-hmm. Like that's where I get I got I get lost. I don't know. Um, yeah, like that's that's really all I have to say about that. I, if you have anything else to say, go ahead. Um, no, not much, but Leslie Manville, I haven't seen Phantom Thread, but from the bits that I have seen, which I've seen a lot of clips for whatever reason, she looked very good in that movie. Um, like I said, Mm -hmm. I can't fully comment to that, but she did look like she, she could possibly also belong in this category. 
Yeah, and there's like, uh, I guess we should, let's just talk like we just lump this in with best supporting parts now. Mm-hmm. Um, like I like I think Michael Stuhlbarg from Call Me by Your Name, the dad, just for like his speech at the end of the movie, deserved to be nominated. Oh, he was he was that speech was incredible in itself because it's like he was so. I don't know, gentle, I guess. I, I don't know. I really loved him in that, in that moment. Um, Cause it was mm-hmm. believable, but also like you could tell, Oh, this guy's a good guy, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And it's like incredible. Like you never like his character in the movie. You don't see that until that moment. Exactly. But it somehow doesn't feel out of character. Like it's a beautiful, no. beautiful moment. Um, but it doesn't feel, I don't know, fake. It doesn't feel preachy or anything like that. No. And mm-hmm. like, I'm just, like i i completely agree with that like it's like i wish that would have it he doesn't have that big of a part in the movie but i wish he would have gotten nominated for that he was um, also in uh the post and shape of water fun fact so he he knows he, that, uh, which horse to tie to <laughs> that man gets around he loves <laughs> <Apparently>. money <laughs> um other than that like i think i guess the post i actually like the post a lot um mm-hmm. I think you could have also nominated Jason Mitchell from Mudbound. Um, but if you had, if I had to pick one, I'd pick Rob Parker. Uh, I'm just scrolling through the movies I watched that came out this year. Um, I, there's not a whole lot that I have seen that like jumps to my mind. Like I'm like maybe Harrison Ford. I, I actually Harrison Ford for Blade Runner would have been perfect as well. Because he's, like, legitimately good in that movie. Like, it's when people are like, hey, Harrison Ford's doing his Blade Runner movie. You're like, oh, no, he's coming back to another <laughs> role just to get money. And he's, like, legitimately really good. He didn't um, phone it in for once, which is uh, surprising. Uh, there's a gentleman uh, in Wind River called Gil Birmingham. He's in all of Taylor Sheridan's movies and stuff. And he's incredible in that movie. It's just, like, soul-crushing when he's on the screen. I heard people um, were disappointed that Wind River didn't, uh, you know, didn't make more of a splash at the Academy. It's great. It's a wonderful movie. It like is, I think it's is equally as good as Hell or High Water. Interesting. Just, the Academy didn't catch it because it's like pretty dark. <laughs> it's like, like not a great thing. And like John Bernthal's in that movie and he's very good. It's like, hey, John Bernthal's here for like two scenes because he's in every movie like that now. Right. Um. But he's, again, good in everything. And, like, I just... Other than that, yeah, like, I... Actually, maybe it was a weak year for supporting actress. Because I can't... Looking at the movies I've seen, I'm like, nothing's jumping to my mind. (laughs) Um, Other than the ones that were nominated. Even the ones that were nominated, I'm just, like, reading through them. And I'm just, like... Maybe that's why there's some people who don't deserve to be in there. Because there just really wasn't a lot going on. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe Allison Williams for Get Out. But... Oh yeah, she was good. You know what? To be fair, if um, if you're gonna nominate Timothy Chalamet, then probably also nominate Army Hammer. Um, but he should be up for Best Actor. Uh, I don't know. He like obviously he was you know the second leading man or whatever. But uh, but I feel like if you're gonna argue Laurie Metcalf as Best Supporting, then he could also be Best Supporting. Yeah, and Army Hammer is incredible in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's the best thing, best I've ever seen him be. I didn't know he could like be good. Like, like I didn't think of him as a bad actor, but it's like Jimmy Kimmel said, like this is what happens when you put a spell, a spell on a Ken doll, right? Like he, it's hard to take him seriously. 
Yeah, because he is just like strikingly, when him and Gal Gadot walked up to present, I was like, Jesus Christ. Yes, what a beautiful pair. Like, this is not real. <laughs> they, they could just stand there and everyone would just be like, oh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but he's like, he's he's so good at that. Like, And Timothy Chalamet as well. They're both so good. And they, they do like, they do a lot with that movie without telling you. It's mm-hmm. like they show their emotions and like they do it mostly with just their eyes, like with the way they steal glances at each other. And that's how you pick up on their uh, yeah. traction until later in the movie when then, it, then it's very much, it's just, it's beautiful. Like it's, yeah, <laughs> we've already talked about it, but <laughs> Army <laughs> Hammer should have been up there. <laughs> yeah. um, what's our like next maybe guy? he should have won. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Best actor? Because that was before actress, right? Yeah, they saved Francis for second last because we knew it was going to happen <laughs> and she's so good at like she deserved to win that award for that speech so i'm yeah that is true best actor was uh won by gary oldman for the darkest hour the other nominees were timothy chalamet by call you by your name daniel day lewis for phantom thread which neither of us seen but i'm gonna <laughs> take a wild guess and say daniel day lewis was probably the best part of that movie um daniel kilia for get out and then denzel washington for roman J's israel esquire uh, mm-hmm. which is the Meryl Streep nomination for Denzel, which I'm all for Denzel getting nominated <laughs> every year and then sat in the front row beside Meryl because that's that's perfect. Yep, that's... Uh, <laughs> yes, I feel like uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, Denzel, and Meryl, they will be nominated no matter what they do. Like, they're just, they're just going to keep being there. Like, Meryl got nominated for The Witch from Into the Woods. That's how you know that it's... Uh, Yep, it's all about the she's actor, not the She's got dirt on everybody. <laughs> Meryl's got dirt on everybody. Or she's she like legitimately the, the nicest human. Okay. <laughs> she sits in the same and spot every year. Not complaining. Like, I want Meryl there every year because she's yeah. great. <laughs> I, like, I am totally 100% in Meryl Streep being the new Jack Nicholson at the Academy Awards every year. I think that would be great. Oh, I love it. And there's always Meryl jokes and like... Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. <laughs> and I just sit Denzel beside her. And yep. Denzel will just sit there and be look like he's grumpy because that man won't act unless you pay him to. Yeah, and that, it's beautiful. Oh, that grumpy face. My goodness. <laughs> he just doesn't care. No, he's like, get me anywhere but here. I know I'm not going to win. Why am I here? So. <laughs> I guess we should actually talk about best actor <laughs> instead of just fawning over Denzel and Meryl. <laughs> um, you're right. So Denzel was just there because he's Denzel. Um, and yeah, it's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Daniel Day-Lewis, same thing. I would say uh, Daniel Kaluuya, he he was very, very good in that movie. Like, I, it's interesting because since it was kind of, you know, a, a thriller, um, whatever. Well, the fact that this movie was even here is just so interesting. But um, <laughs> he managed to put so many layers into his performance. Like, he's supposed to be just like a normal guy, not overly sensitive. Like, he's just, he's a normal guy. But the when he's kind of opening up in various scenes, um, he, he's never really necessarily doing it with his words. But like it's those those half giggles that are like um, you know where the he the laughing acknowledgments of these white people who are out of touch. Yes, and in the scene where he's kind of like he's really mad at himself for for letting what happened to his uh, his mom happen, he he has like this like ha huh, that's like with tears in his eyes. And uh, I, I don't know, there's just incredible layers to that performance um, that showed so much more emotion, emotion than what was just on the page. Mm-hmm. And for full disclosure, Carolyn and I have been on the Daniel Kaluuya train since like 2011. Oh, yeah. 
since his episode of Black Mirror, we've been like, why isn't this guy been working more? Oh, he's so good in that. Wasn't he in Skins way back in the day, too? He was a writer on Skins, too. Yeah, he was uh, He was that guy, that he random was... background character. Posh Kenneth. Posh Kenneth, yeah. Um, like, And the sunken place scene, I just, like, he does so much with, like, he can't move, but it's it's like shoulders are haunched, and mm-hmm. like he does all of he has to like get all of the emotion of being trapped and not being able to move through his eyes while also having to address the trauma of what happened to his mom. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that's like if it's not like that's right up there with like the Laurie Metcalf in the car. Yep, the scene for me of just like there's so much control while they're supposed to be losing control, and you yep. don't notice it till like obviously in, they're actors so they are in control but it's just it's incredible and like timothy chalamet is just as good and call me by your name like when he's at the end of the movie when he's like sitting and staring into the fire oh that scene just broke my heart mm-hmm. and, and like, the Ellie, the phone call it's like well he's that whole ending bit lasts a very long time too but like And it was funny, the people I was watching it with were like, oh, like, can we shut it off? Or are we really going to watch him just sit there and cry? I'm like, no, we're going to watch and sit sit and watch him cry until he's done freaking crying. Because, like, oh, he just made, he, he like, he honored every minute of that character. And it made you want to do the same, you know? Mm -hmm. And, yeah. And, like, I understand why they didn't get the, either of them got the award. Because they're both so young. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like it's like the Oscars are like we're anointing them as like future stars, and like I have no doubt that Timothy Chalamet is going to be huge. I am worried about Daniel Kaluuya just because I don't know if they'll give it to him, mm-hmm. but he deserves it. Yeah, uh, I have, and and like Gary, I guess we should talk, Gary Oldman, who oh, allegedly, who <laughs> yeah, allegedly may have beaten his ex wife. Um, oh, which not a great look, Oscars, but allegedly. He said, she said he did. He said he didn't. So who knows? Um, but, you know, maybe he did. Um, <laughs> it's just like a he's good, but it's like a super Oscar baby performance. Like he's wearing a bunch of prosthetics and makeup and he's portraying a historical figure that everybody who's older and British and white might love. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Gary Oldman deserves an Oscar. Just it's a classic thing of winning an award for the role he doesn't deserve it for. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it's um it's like Daniel Day Lewis winning for Lincoln, I guess. Or um he, if you say there will be blood, I'm gonna punch No you no, in the no, face. no. <laughs> no. Um, or um what's his face? Leonardo DiCaprio well, winning for um, For the Revenant. That's the one. Yeah. And uh it's like yeah, no, it's you you put on some nasty facial hair or you know fake jowls or whatever and play a very unappealing character and people will people will vote for that somehow yeah so. and like as with leo i guess it's a good analogy is like i don't think either of those performances would be on their like best 10 because mm-hmm. they're good in everything and i just think there's more interesting things both of them have done um and like putting aside Gary Oldman's personal stuff, um, like he's certainly not the worst person to win an Academy Award. Yeah, um, Roman Polanski. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or Woody Allen. Um, it's just it would have been more exciting 
And legitimately, I think there were better performances if Timothy Chalamet or Daniel Kaluuya, and probably even Daniel Day Lewis won, because I imagine he's just got more layers to a character. Oh, he's he always brings. That. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's probably he's probably like, wow, this is the best acting of the year. We just haven't seen it yet, but yeah, uh, <laughs> that's why it didn't win because no one saw the movie. Yeah, I also would have loved to have seen like Ryan Gosling for Blade Runner because he. I heard he was very good in that. Yeah, it, well, from who, Carolyn? From probably you, now that I think about it. <laughs> um, he's just playing a character that is, is very, has to be very stoic and mm-hmm. is not human. Um, and he has to be, he has to play it as appealing without showing it. And I think that's a very hard thing to do. Um, and there's a moment in the movie when his character breaks and it is my favorite scene of the year. Is there anybody you think that should have been nominated that isn't there? Uh, since um, you can't say Army Hammer, because we decided <laughs> he was the best supporting. So No, I'm I'm actually fairly satisfied with this uh with this category. Um uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy with who got nominated. Um and I'm not surprised that Gary Oldman won. Um obviously, you know, I have my own opinions about who should win, but uh but none of it's surprising. But yeah, I, I I'm I'm happy with this category, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's from like an acting standpoint, I think it's, they're all, it, they're, it's like a very, very strong group. What's interesting about the best actor and best actress, which is kind of flipped this year from uh, the past 89 years, I guess. Um, normally once you watch all of the best pictures, you've ticked off all of the best actors, except for like maybe one. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this year it's completely the opposite um, if you watch all of the best pictures, you've only seen two of the best, or I guess three of the best. Okay, fair. But for the best actress, if you watch all the best pictures, you've seen four of the five, which I think That's, is pretty rare. <laughs> and it's not like having done gone through previous Academy Awards recently. It's generally the opposite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's exciting and good. Like... <laughs> Finally, like, there's best picture worthy movies being made about women. And I think, especially last year, I think there was like one, um, one female that was in a best picture movie or something. It was wild. Yeah, it was a, wild. Let me do a quick look at that. Um, it was La La Land. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for uh, Emma Stone. The, yeah, that was the only one. And the year uh, before that, I believe it was um, Spotlight. Uh, Rachel McAdams. Oh no, she was best supporting, wasn't she? Yeah, there was no real lead in Spotlight. Um, no. It was Saoirse for Brooklyn mm-hmm. and uh, Brie Larson for Room. It was right. two out of them. Uh, and for the men, it was also two. Mm, interesting. <laughs> so the best pictures just had no good acting in it? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. That's um, what I'm gathering from that. <laughs> uh, but moving on to Best Actress, obviously it was won by Francis for Three Billboards. Uh, mm-hmm. Sally Hawkins was nominated for The Shape of Water, Margot Robbie for I, Tonya, Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird, and Meryl Streep for The Post. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe the only one you haven't seen is I, Tonya. Correct. Uh, and, like, Margot's f- good in the movie. I... I mean, she hasn't been in a bunch of movies that I've seen, so it's the best I've seen her do. But mm-hmm. that uh, might not be saying I just, a lot. <laughs> I, I, she's good. She's also very beautiful, which helps. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think it's like a um, a good performance in a bad movie is my in my opinion. Well, also, doesn't she play three different age ranges for uh, for Tanya Harding? Yeah. Okay. Barely. Um, <laughs> 
by age ranges, you mean there's a scene where she looks young and then they make her look a little older because mm-hmm. like with a hairstyle change and then they make her look old at the end. So it's like two minutes of her being old. So it's like, not really. Um, uh, so more a hair and makeup uh, testament rather than an acting one. Yes. Uh, now this category is like pretty brutal <laughs> with the exception of like Margot's good and I think deserves to be there. Mm-hmm. But the other four are just uh, incredibly strong. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, I don't like, honestly, if I think I pick, I'd probably pick Meryl. <laughs> it's hard though, because Meryl, I've seen Meryl do performances like that before. I mean, what I can say about her performance in the post was that she, she had a great character arc and she played it very well. Um, because there's like slow subtleties of um, strength coming out of her character. And when she does eventually take some action, it's, it's, she does it in such a fascinating way because it's not like her character suddenly is a strong character. It's like she's still questioning her decisions and she's timid on it, but she's, she's got a bit more weight behind her actions. And I thought Meryl did that fantastically. Yeah. And actually, like, I think Tom Hanks probably deserved to be nominated as well. Yeah, that's true. It was his accent that was off-putting. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't great, um, but his performance. But, like, Meryl is really fucking good in the post, and mm-hmm. that movie is better than it. Like, when you think about it's like, it just seems like an oscar Beatty movie. Oh, totally. Uh, but I don't, I think it, like, like goes greater than that. It's, like, actually legitimately very good. Um, it is. I think the issue with the post, though, is that um, we had the same movie in Spotlight two years ago. Um, so it's it's not as good. No, it's not as good. And there's not as many outstanding characters in it and stuff. So it's, it's the same thing. Just, yeah, not as good. (laughs) Even though like everybody and everybody is in it. Like every character you see is like, Oh, that's famous. Like I didn't realize until like the end of the movie that her fucking uh, daughter was Alison Brie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like what? And for no reason either. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's a, very tiny part. Um, Sarah Paulson is uh, Tom Hanks's wife. Yeah, I again didn't realize that until like the bonus. I was like, "Wow, she's too good to be doing this much of a useless part." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, what did you what did you think of the other ladies in that category? They're all so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've already kind of said what I think about Francis, and like so have you. Like Francis is. McDormand is good in everything she does. I'll and watch certainly, anything with her. Yeah, and certainly deserve to win the Best Actress Award. But, like, in mm-hmm. this year, I just think Saoirse and Sally Hawkins and Meryl were more interesting in their performances. And they it's were more difficult. It's disappointing because it's like you could easily say, oh, it just wasn't their year or whatever. But, but that means it won't be because, like, Sally Hawkins in Shape of Water – she said nothing. She said nothing the whole movie. And I saw I saw greater words come out of her than so many roles this year. And, uh, and it's so disappointing that that won't be that, – that that can't be celebrated this year as, you know, especially since it was a best picture winning movie. Um, I think it was a – I think it was a best actress performance as well. Yeah. And, like, she's the one out of these five that – and obviously two of them have won multiple Oscars, but I worry about – her getting one in the future just because mm-hmm. I don't know how many chances she'll be given to lead a movie. Well, she's not in very, yeah, you're right. Cause she's not, 
the movies she leads are are movies like uh, she was in Maudie uh, last year or this year, whenever that came out. Um, and those aren't the movies that that will be here again. You know. Yeah, like this is this like, and I have no doubt that Sersha will get one in the future. Oh well, she's been um, here before. <laughs> yeah, she'll be there again, but it's going to be like she's winning for something she doesn't deserve to win for. It's like yes. oh, we really we really screwed up and ignored you for a couple movies. Um, but yeah, and like Frances had the best moment of the Oscars with her speech. So in a I night can't really of be upset remarkably it was, boring I, speeches, let me uh, if I fall over, pick me up because I got some things to say. Are you back? Yes, I am. That was weird. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just quoted Francis and her speech. Oh, good. Well, that's great. Means I don't have to. But that I would say that was definitely one of the highlights of the of the whole night. Um, was that speech? Yeah, it was good. I, I just watching all of the women stand up. It was it was awesome. It was very very cool, and and it was kind of nice because it was a way to celebrate the best actresses who didn't win, who deserved to win. Um, and also, yeah, all of the other women, obviously, but, uh, but no, it was a very, very nice moment. Mm-hmm. And before we move on to, uh, director and picture, uh, we should probably call out that Sersha Ronan and Daniel Kaluuya sound nothing like they do for the characters they play. Like Sersha is super Irish. So and Irish. Kaluuya is very like London-y. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Uh, Sersha Ronan, I saw an interview of her where she was saying, um, she didn't realize how many more muscles Irish people use when talking than, uh, than Americans. And she's like, it was hard. I basically had to make my mouth be like lazy. So, cause there's just whole parts of your face you don't use when you're talking in the States. Which is so <laughs> funny. Um, yeah, like she's, I, Exertion's wonderful. So I, I will watch every movie she does. Forever. Uh, forever. Cause she's great. Um, I also, uh, this isn't my idea, but I read an article about it is that people, uh, somebody thinks Daniel Kaluuya should be the next James Bond. And I am so down mm-hmm. for that. I to would be do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I, not taking any way to from Idris. He deserved to be James Bond, but he's <laughs> getting a little bit older. He so is. maybe Daniel Kaluuya. I mean, he's a pretty good actor. Um, he is a pretty good actor. I would, I would watch those movies. Uh-oh, you yep. kind of cut out there. I said I would watch those movies. Oh, okay. Uh, Best Director, um, which was won by Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. The most lovable man in the entire world. Uh, of course. <laughs> the other nominees were Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk. Uh, <laughs> this category, talk about fucking heavy hitters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jordan Peele for Get Out, uh, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, and Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread. Uh, and Carolyn, I don't, no, which one I I don't know which one I pick. They all deserve to win. Yeah, I honestly would be happy with all of these. What's interesting too, I'm noticing, um, and I kind of noticed it when we looked at best original screenplay, is that many of these directors also wrote their own screenplay. Um, so that would be Jordan Peele, Greta Gerwig, and um, sort of Guillermo del Toro. He had help, I think, but um, but yeah. So that's that's interesting. But no, you're right. It's heavy hitters, heavy hitters in this uh, category. Um, and I think the directorial debut, the solo directorial debut for Greta Gerwig for sure. And I believe also Jordan Peele. Is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, wow. they, both directed, <laughs> they both directed shorts before this. Um, yeah. And 
uh, written bunch of other things that aren't mm-hmm. movies, but like it's it's a it's a fuck it, like I don't even like I guess the one that I would put at the bottom would be Nolan, and that's just because his movie does the least. It's not even like his direction's bad. It's just like it's like I don't know the other three I thought were better, but yours is also uh, the best thing you've ever done. So yeah, his was very good, but the other ones. They wowed me like they, they did something different. You're right. They did something different. Whereas Dunkirk, it was it was very cool and, you know, whatever. But it's it's a war movie. <laughs> so yeah. a very good war movie. Oh, definitely. Um, and I think Nolan's other than his early films, like his most complete effort as a director. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess also like I we haven't really talked about The Shape of Water. Um, so what do you think about it? Um, I think that there's certain categories that deserve to be nominated for and other ones it didn't, I guess. Um, as I, we kind of spoke about it in best original screenplay, I think it was the weakest one of that category for sure. Um, but I did think it was a very strong, um, directing category and Guillermo seems like such a sweet fellow, which is funny because <laughs> he's got all these monsters in his brain and like, I was, um, he had an art exhibit at the, um, art gallery of Ontario and there was stories that were like written about him on the walls and stuff. And basically his, his, uh, his grandma exercised him multiple times and, and the weird things like that, like this guy grew up in a really, really messed up way. Um, but has figured out how to turn that into something beautiful and is somehow not deeply damaged. Um, no, he's like, <laughs> he genuinely comes across as just like a lovable dude. Yeah, you just want to give him a hug. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man. Uh, and like, I don't, like, I think, like, the sh- what I think of The Shape of Water is that it's a very good movie, but it's not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, th- if I was pick, if these awards were called the Dunkies, um, <laughs> I don't think it would have won anything. But I bet it would have been like nominated. It wouldn't have been nominated 13 times, but it would have been nominated a lot. But I don't think it would have won anything. Um, yeah, it, it definitely would have been nominated for yeah Best Actress. That would have had a chance to win. Cinematography would have had a chance. Um, direction. Well. Direction for sure. Yeah, I, I, we'll get to it. But I don't think it I don't think it's the best picture. But no, I, but I think it should have been nominated. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's the best picture either. Um, but like with, and Guillermo gave like really great speeches and like he's, his best friends apparently are uh, Alfonso Cuaron <laughs> and Alejandro Iñárritu who have won three out of the previous four best directors and they call themselves the three amigos. So this is like the Oscars completing the set. Um, yeah. Which is hilarious. Which is hilarious. And that like, I think I think it's like five out of the past six best directors have been won by a not a like if they've all been uh, not a white guy, but they've all been men. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only one who won was Damien Giselle and the others were Ang Lee and then the previous filmmakers I just mentioned. But my pick would have probably been Jordan Peele or Greta Gerwig. I really wanted Lady Bird to win something, but I just <laughs> I I know. Makes, every I'm, I'm category just glad that people stuck. nominated it, right? Like, I'm I'm just glad because when I saw it, I was like, "Wow, I love this," but I don't know that everyone will love it as much as I love it. You know? Yeah. I. It's like I haven't met 
somebody who dislikes this movie. Me neither. What concerns me about um, about it and about Greta Gerwig is that um, you know how some people spend like she came out with a bang for her first her first feature, which is amazing. Um, but it is also kind of uh, semi autobiographical, and um, and I know she's a great writer and everything, but but I know that this movie was so good because she had so many elements of her growing up. Um, with her mom and with Catholic school and whatnot. And I just hope the next one is as good. Whereas with Jordan Peele, um, clearly he, he is a good director and he's a good writer um, beyond just what he knows personally. And I mean, obviously this has elements of, um, you know, his experience as a black man, um, but I, it, you know, it's not solely based on his life. So I think that he, he definitely does have lots more to offer. And I really, what really if- hope that Greta Gerwig does as well. What if it's about his relationship with his uh, wife, Chelsea Peretti's family? Well, <laughs> I've thought that. I find it very <laughs> interesting that he has a, a white wife. And they also eloped because they didn't want to deal with their families for the wedding. Um, so, <laughs> Did they at least invite the people from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Keegan-Michael Key? I don't think so. They got married by, like, uh, not an Elvis, but, like, something weird and kind of that equivalent that's very them it is it is and they were like yeah we just didn't want to deal with it so (laughs) (laughs) um and since we've talked about all of these movies and kind of uh shared our opinions on them for best picture uh, i'm gonna put you on the spot here carolyn Mm -hmm. uh is i want us both with excluding phantom thread uh which neither of us have seen so it's not fair for us to rank it is i want you to rank them from uh worst to what your best picture would be um i can go first if you want if you want some time to think about it or I yeah will give me time go. i'll jot it oh. down real quick okay um mine would be going if eliminating phantom threat that there's only eight is <laughs> i would put darkest hour at the bottom um then three billboards Man, then there's a big jump, uh, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna put "Call Me by Your Name," and then Dunkirk. No, sorry. Then the shape. I'm gonna put the Shape of Water, "Call Me by Your Name," Dunkirk, The Post, Lady Bird, and then Get Out. So Get Out is what I would have picked, um, and the Shape of Water, which one would have been like my fifth out of eight. <laughs> so, um. Mm, okay, I am done. Okay, so uh, yeah, Darkest Hour would be eighth. <laughs> Congratulations, um, Darkest Hour. <laughs> Darkest Hour, you're the worst other than Phantom Thread, which we didn't even bother to see. So. I wanted to see it. It just was barely here in Calgary for any time. And yeah, I, I tried very hard. On, uh, <laughs> on uh, video on demand. I tried hard as well. Yeah, um, I'm thinking I might see it. They have it at TIFF on 70 millimeter uh, film. Ooh, so I might that, that would be pretty great. Mm-hmm. It like just came there. Um, it was there like the weekend before the Oscars, but I was out of town. So, um, but anyways, so yes, Darkest Hours, you are the worst. Um, and then I would say, um, oh, now I'm reevaluating all of this. Uh, call Me By Your Name. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that far down? Um, there's nothing I'm, else that I really dislike. I'm just, uh, I'm just, I, that just surprised me as I'll continue. Um, then the post. Okay. Then, not because I dislike the post, just because I like Spotlight better. Um, <laughs> I know it's not fair, but it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Dunkirk. And okay. then Three Billboards. Okay. Shape of Water. Um, Ladybird, then Get Out. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I was, I, if you had asked me before, I would have bet a million dollars on you putting Ladybird first and second and third. <laughs> See, I saw Get Out um, like a week ago. So, so I didn't know what I was missing. And it's very fresh. And I've thought about it every day since. So I, yeah, Our lists are like very similar, except for three mm-hmm. billboards. Mm-hmm. I, I love how we both put Darkest Tower at the bottom. Well, like, honestly, <laughs> I zoned out for half of the movie. Like, there was interesting things, but I had no idea what he was saying for most of it. And like... He was very British. It's just old people yelling at each other. I don't know, man. Like, Plus the more interesting Dunkirk movie was Dunkirk. Yes, absolutely. And I loved Dunkirk, actually, which was which was good. Oh, also, by the way, Tom Hardy is very good in that movie. Because all he does is act with his eyes. That man loves to put shit on his face to restrict <laughs> his ability to act. Yep. And isn't he also in that movie where he's in a car for the whole movie? Just not moving? Just sitting that in a car? movie's called lock and it's incredible and he's, he is it's moving very it's very good i believe it's on netflix uh people should watch it i think it's his best performance i've seen beyond bane well <laughs> that's maybe not the best alternative pick but okay uh and if you like tom hardy's uh accents if that's your oeuvre so to say um he will always change it up in every movie he's in because I guess he needs to do that to act. I don't know why. <laughs> Probably because he has a weird accent of his own or something. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad the, uh, what, is this the first annual Donkeys decided on Get Out? Yeah. Also, uh, Carolyn did uh, make me decide that it was her last name. It was forced <laughs> upon me. It was, it was, it always is. It just works better. The Willoughby's sounds weird. It sounds <laughs> bad. The donkeys, though. Do you think anything is missing from this category? Yes. Um, obviously, I'm partial to Blade Runner. I just think it's if if I had to put, I would think Blade Runner would have been in the middle somewhere for me. Probably mm-hmm. it probably would have been above Shape of Water, but it's close to that. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think Darkest Hour or Three Billboards should be there. Um, other than that, um, maybe Mudbound, but I can see why. Like, I think that movie is kind of a mess in places. Um, I'm trying to think of the big movies, not really. Um, I mean, it would have been cool to see, like, Logan, but it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Wonder this Woman category... Oh, yeah. Everyone was mad that Wonder Woman wasn't nominated for, for Best Picture. And even Gal Gadot was like, it's, yeah, that's not why we made this movie. Like, I know. Gal's, Gal's a wonderful human. I love yeah. her so much. <laughs> She's like, thank you. I appreciate it. But that's that's not what we were trying to do. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, that's not the point of Wonder Woman. It's mm-hmm. it's a good movie, but it's not at this level. Um, 
I really liked Thor Ragnarok a lot, but I mean, maybe I would have just liked to see Chris Hemsworth get something from that. Uh, the one that I, I would put up there is Okja, uh, which a lot of people didn't see, which is a Netflix movie by mm-hmm. uh, Bong Joon-ho, I believe. Let me just make sure that I'm right on that. Um, but it's a wonderful movie that Netflix financed. And, you know, instead of them financing Bright, uh, I wish they would do more stuff like Okja because it's wonderful. That's the one with, um, isn't Tilda Swinton in that one? Yes, uh, it is a Bong Joon-ho movie. Uh, he also did, like I believe, Snowpiercer and The Host and stuff like that. Um Oh, sorry, not... Yes. yes, he did do that. He's done, like, Okja in his, like, r- amount of... In the movies he's made is, like, one of his weakest ones. And <laughs> it's still pretty fucking incredible. So if you haven't seen it, it's available on Netflix. So people should go check it out. I think... What? I think this category is interesting because it definitely shows changing, changing Oscar times. Um, like, several years ago, you would have never seen something like Get Out in there... Or Lady um, Bird. Or Lady Bird, for sure. Uh, obviously, you would have seen Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, uh, Three Billboards, probably. The Post, yes. Phantom Thread, sure. It's got Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, and Call Me By Your Name, there. maybe. Yeah, I don't think The Shape of Water would have been there five years ago. No, for sure. It's. I mean, it's a love story with a sea, sea monster. <laughs> so, And with Call Me bee. By Your Name as well. It's got that whole peach scene, which makes people uncomfortable so also it's about gay guys so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but moonlight made that cool yes. but uh, but it's interesting because call me by your name and and uh yeah a lot of these were very small movies originally um and like just even being considered is just that's that sh- shows such change mm-hmm. and i think honestly uh the reason that shape of water won is because I think Get Out and Lady Bird split that kind of vote. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then Shape of Water just snuck right in there. So. Yeah. Um, how how weird is it that we're both kind of just like, eh, on Shape of Water and it's a movie about a woman having sex with a fish man. Well, that, that <laughs> says it right there. It's a movie having sex with a fish man. And it's... It, there's literally nothing – it's strange to say this about a movie with that premise, but there's nothing original about it. I mean, there's no, original stuff about the way it looks and the way it's directed, and, like, it's a beautiful-looking movie, but the plot line is Romeo and Juliet mm-hmm. with fins. Uh-oh. So, yeah. That being said, I did enjoy it. I watched it, and I enjoyed it. I was never surprised, but – I enjoyed every minute of it. So I guess, I guess that's good. I know it's just, it's, it's a weird thing that, and I've been seeing like a, a lot of film people I follow as well is that everybody's like the most boring movie that is the one that won. And it's really five years ago, probably wouldn't even been nominated in it because it's about a woman in the first two minutes. It's like masturbating in a bathtub with an egg mm-hmm. timer <laughs> and then has sex with a fish man. So <laughs> Uh, and what's his face squeezes off his finger? Ugh. Oh, Michael Shannon. Oh, he was really good in that movie, actually. It was very good. A very one note performance, but he was very good. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's the thing. All he was given was bad guy. Yeah, the only people with like, 
uh, a character arc where Sally Hawkins and the fish man. <laughs> fish man gets, he should have been nominated. <laughs> that would have been so good. What would I mean, have, he was there. <laughs> it would have been like Doug Jones. And then what has it been like, you know, they say the character owns like shape of water as Elsa Esposito and Doug Jones, the shape of water as fish man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's, it's so funny. It's like, it won best picture and like who even was the fish man like who who played that man <laughs> like, it was the guy who played uh it, the, the fish man in hellboy <laughs> <laughs> so clearly uh he he's been typecast as he's been typecast man. as a, as a fish man uh, what a life that guy lives i mean to be fair if he's if he's riding Guillermo del toro's train i think he'll do okay I do think he's in every movie Del Toro's done, or at least his Hollywood ones. Oh my goodness, his title on IMDb is Amphibian Man, so he doesn't oh. even get a name though. Oh, he's, he's a weird a looking fish? dude. He's weird looking. What? As a human. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, what 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 better place to end than that man is weird looking? Um, oh man. So, do you have any last thoughts or? Uh, criticisms or anything about the academy awards about the ceremony i wish they were shorter uh they finished before midnight uh and i was impressed because normally it gets to a certain point where you're like these are never going to end i thought it was like an overall good show um like it was kind of a hard year for jimmy kimmel because like there was a lot of serious stuff going on in the world and within hollywood Mm -hmm. it's not like he's going to get up there and make fun of sexual harassment or the fact that the president of the United States is, you know, bad. Um, <laughs> so like he, he touched on those issues briefly, but like jumped around and he also was serious. Uh, and I loved the jet ski bit. So the jet ski was great. And I think he did, a <laughs> he did a remarkably good job of handling the sensitive issues in that, like he's a straight white guy. Like he can't, he can't claim these issues as his own. But I'm so glad that he didn't skirt around them or make fun of them or anything. Like he said a few direct things um, and also acknowledged that like, this is not, this is not his year. These awards are not about him. It's about, you know, celebrating these minorities and the women and that sort of thing. And I think he did a remarkably good job of that. Um, And I really enjoyed the representation video actually, though Mm -hmm. the intro for it, I don't know why, but that was the most uncomfortable intro all night. Like, uh, the three women, it was Sama Hayek. Uh, oh, that was all people who had accused uh, Harvey Weinstein, right? Yeah, but like they were, it was really awkward. Oh, like, I, didn't really think it was awkward. awkward. I, I didn't think it was awkward. Really? Yeah, I thought it was, I was like, these women had, had uh, ter- Harvey did terrible things to them. And a couple, two of them really didn't have a career after that. So that is true. See, I didn't remember that that was, that those were them. Um, so that I guess would make a big difference. I was, I was just kind of wondering, yeah, why they were, uh, you know, having such difficulty introducing the video, but I, but now that you say that, that obviously makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Other than that, uh, I think it was like a good Academy Awards. It was kind of like, a what was, what was going what everybody knew was going to win one. Um, yeah, there was no surprises with the awards and honestly, overall, it, it won't be a memorable ceremony. Um, there was nothing, you know, bad or offensive or anything like that. So that's good. And, you know, I laughed and, and enjoyed myself, 
but it, this is not a this is not an Academy Awards that will be remembered in a couple of years for anything out of the ordinary or any <laughs> remarkable speeches or anything. Um, yeah. Whereas last I year it had a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, I think Francis's speech will probably be remembered just because it was yeah. passionate. Um, but yeah, uh, the previous year was a little more crazy, uh, just a tad. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you yep. know, did you notice when Guillermo went up, he like looked in the envelope at that, that uh, Warren Beauty handed him, and then turned to the camera and smiled and thumb gave a thumbs up. <laughs> oh, he's so cute. <laughs> and then like nodded like, yep, it's the right envelope. And then when he gave his speech, that was <laughs> it's such a, dor- a dork. It's so great. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, definitely. Last year had a, a little bit more flair, <laughs> a little bit more flair of chaos happening. Um, yeah. Uh, that's, I think, a good place to end uh, this Oscar episode. Where can mm-hmm. people find you on the webs? Um, on all the social media. I'm on uh, Instagram as carolyndunk93. Uh, if you want to look at pictures of my dinner, if you want to see what I ate during the Oscar party, I have a picture there. Um, and I'm on Twitter at number one And... Um, <laughs> I should really change that, but no, I enjoy saying it. <laughs> yep, so that's where you can find me. Um, and I don't, I don't tweet, but if people follow me, maybe I will. You just so. retweet stuff. Do what I do. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me everywhere at James underscore Willix because <laughs> consistency is key. <laughs> Nobody has my name, so it's real easy for me. Um, <laughs> yeah other than that thanks everybody for listening uh next time we'll talk about movies probably i don't know (laughs) we talked about movies this time (laughs) kind of we spent like a (laughs) solid like 15 minutes talking about meryl and denzel though (laughs) it's that's really all you need i mean what are the academy awards if not the meryl and denzel show we're we're changing the uh name of this podcast is carolyn's the meryl uh, and <laughs> I was just trying to be the Denzel, but failing. Marilyn Denzel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that would go well with people, considering I'm a white boy. But okay, Marilyn Daniel Day Lewis. No, it's, uh, it sounds like a bad morning show. Marilyn Daniel. Meryl, that would be a hilarious morning show. Meryl <laughs> would be great, and Daniel would be like, "Why am I here?" <laughs> he would be method acting the whole thing. Yeah, as Regis Philbin. Yeah. <laughs> Different host every week or something. Okay, bye everybody.